It's Thursday night, and you know what that means. The sky is falling, AEW's dead, the inmates run the asylum, and Cornette just got elected king of the universe. At least that's what the internet tells me. I'm Mitch, joining me my co-host Jake, and you're listening to the Bingo Hall Boys, most definitely a wrestling podcast. Alrighty, we have a lot to get into today. On the heels of Dynamite, the internet's exploding. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about in the AEW world right now. Uh, we've got CM Punk, we've got more CM Punk, we've got talent meetings, we've got Kingston Guevara, we've got Thunder Rosa, and that doesn't even cover what happened on the show. So let's uh, let's get right into it. Uh, let's kick her off with CM Punk and what's going on in that world. I wanted to start this off by <clears throat> going over the definitions of these carny words that we throw around <laughs> work and shoot. So a work means it's fake. It's staged. It's it's predetermined like it's it's part of the story. Go with it. A shoot means it's happening like even though it's probably not supposed to, this is real. Everything with CM Punk, from everything that I've gathered, my own gut feeling, it started off as a shoot and it's become a work. It, it's a thing. It it smart people will take that ball and run with it. And I think Tony Khan is one of those people. Uh, I totally understand why people thought CM Punk shooting on Hangman last week was a work. I go either way, but I I think he was he was legitimately airing out his laundry in Hangers hometown. He was being a dick. There's no way to like where CM Punk is the good guy in this scenario. Like what he did was bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. And if I'm his boss, I would have had a few choice words for him. But credit to the dude. Not only did he set up for his uh, his match against Mox this week. You're telling me that no one would be excited for another CM Punk <laughs> hangman match now. Uh, Punk knows what he's doing, whether he wants to you know, have a match with him or not. We don't know, but he's not a dumb guy. He knows what he's doing. So he has he has spoken about it as well now. He didn't yeah. say much. Um, the two things that he basically said, uh, I'll try and paraphrase them as best I can. The first part, which wasn't given context to a specific scenario, so we don't know for sure which issue this was talking about. He essentially said, I mean, there's always multiple sides to stories. If anyone wants to go write bullshit to Meltzer, they can always they can come talk to me. My locker room's open. Come talk to me. That's not macho bullshit. I'm an adult. Come talk to me. And yeah. I, the vibe I got from that was what the macho bullshit line was. He wasn't saying like, hey, come talk to me like a fucking man and I'll whoop your ass. He was saying, no, come talk to me, literally. Yeah. The second part, he said, um, in reference to the hangman stuff, he said, I'm very, like, he said, I'm happy. I'm happy in AEW. I, got, I get to wrestle again. I get to do the thing I've been able to do for seven years. And listen, regardless of how much I meant to what I said. I said what I said to sell tickets. That's my job. 
my job is to sell tickets and that's what i tried to do yeah and he's also probably most likely i would put money on it the highest paid guy in aew oh definitely Um, before it was jericho so right so all of this started with i don't want to get into the whole crux of the issue but cm punk did a really shitty thing to colt cabana who was his best friend and Colt Cabana is loved by everyone. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Colt Cabana. And Colt Cabana was part of Dark Order with those guys, good friends with Hangman. All of a sudden, Punk shows up and Colt's gone. Apparently, he wasn't going to get re-signed because of Punk. The bunk, the Bucks went to bat for Cabana, and now he's in ROH. And Hangman was mad about it. You go back and watch that promo. Things got uncomfortable. He said, I'm protecting AEW from you. He did the whole workers' rights thing, which is hilarious because I we've talked about it before whenever... What was it? It was the week before whenever we were talking about tampering. And I was just like, yeah, workers' rights. Punk <laughs> was the guy who was like, we should all unionize. And then he shows up and he's asking for people to get fired. Um, that's... So basically, Hangman came out, called out CM Punk for doing something really shitty, and Punk got mad about it. Um, the, I don't know. Apparently, some people don't like Hangman backstage, but that's because he worked stiff for a good chunk of time. Uh, so that's no longer the case, but it, all this is so messy. And Punk, Punk opened up the fucking floodgates. With we all can, of this, and there's the explicit thing. We can narrow down a few people that would be the the hangman stiff category. There's really only a couple that jump off the page. One is no longer with the company, and Joey Janela, because he's outright said that before. Well, they've and they've squashed they, that. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't Janela. no, but that would be one person who jump out as someone he had worked stiff with at some point in time. And the second is Ricky Starks when Starks broke his neck because he botched the the landing. That's the person I was thinking of. It, my first thought was Archer, but then I was like, ah. But then I remembered mm-hmm. like what happened with Ricky yeah. Stark. So I was like, so, that's I mean, probably like, Brian Cage. He's never there. He's not going to be the one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to think no, who else he's had matches with that would. No, you have to think about who has a live mic and who was tempted to do so. Exactly. Um, so it was likely Ricky Stark. So he knows. He knows what's up. Yeah, but dude, uh, we could do a whole. We could do a whole podcast just on the punk and hangman dynamic and what that means for oh, AEW. God, we, we really but have. punk doing this opened up the floodgates and there's a whole lot of stuff that's going on backstage. It, it did. And that leads to two, two more blended terms that we need to establish. You've already talked about it. Punk's thing likely started as a shoot and turned into a work. So it, you know, we call that shooting yourself into a work. It can yeah. also go the other way where you yeah. work yourself into a shoot you yes. start off fair game. It's all going according to plan. Which I think is what originally happened with those two. Yeah, that's exactly what originally happened. It started as a work and it worked itself into a shoot because somebody's feelings got hurt. And that's going to come up later on in this episode too. So Yeah. This is wild, dude. So before we get into some of the other gossip showing up, the important part to note is that AEW had a mandatory talent meeting before Dynamite. Important to note because some of these comments are existing in public after this talent meeting. So, it's... Which 
isn't normally a thing. Like no, that's where this secrecy is a some, huge deal. So there's I've got some theories on on that now. But what we know about the talent meeting, um, we've been told most people left feeling better. Not all of them. Not everyone was there. It was just the people who were around. Um, interesting to note, Colt Cabana's in Germany promoting the AEW video game. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. Make of it what you will. He was not at this meeting. I don't think that's an accident. But beyond that, um, a bunch of people spoke. Tony was really hot about the contract tampering stuff. Um, it was not one talent that got talked to. There were quite a few. I don't know how many talked to him about it, but quite a few got contacted. And Miga, they're not... Which- quick point on that um there have been a couple ideas a lot of people think it's swerve jericho was like being really cheeky online oh jericho basically said like yeah they they tried to get me to come back like recently within the last few weeks and so So. did they actually reach out to jericho or was jericho just trying to take the fall and take the heat off some others and make it about him for fun because it's jericho it could it could go either way, but the, the yeah, that whole thing is so wild. I'm, yeah, and so we didn't know like what legal stance AEW could have to be like, hey, Connecticut, like back off. Uh, apparently, there is one because the AEW lawyers got involved, yep. and um, that's probably it for now. Yeah, um, I, I read a few people kind of say, oh, they're going up against the big guns. Like, here's your little tiny season, like. Do you not know who this lawyer is? She also works for the Jags. She's the big gun. Like, right. I'm this sorry. Is, she this is, is the big the gun. Lawyer, yeah, this yeah. is like the beginning of the defense team. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was the big thing Tony wanted to talk about in establishing new lines of communication with the promotions, you know, with uh, with Tony Schiavone getting promoted. Um, talked a bit. Uh, Pat Buck came on and talked about. I didn't know Pat Buck was a VP. Oh yeah, Pat Buck is huge in this organization. I knew he got a promotion, but no, it was he, like he like whenever he came fast. in, he was like a big deal. But like, yeah, he rose. Yeah, up the fast. new the new list of VPs was really yeah, interesting. So he, to me. I think he made I a missed big, that when it dropped. He made a big sp- speech about you know respecting the coaches. You don't have to agree with everything they say in that. Just like they're there and they're there to use use them if if you can. Um, Matt Jackson, I think, just kind of gave a big family speech, like, I love you guys kind of thing. Which tracks, yeah. Yeah, that's Matt in a nutshell. Nick's basically a mute, so he didn't say anything. Right, yeah. And and then Kenny apparently was the one that kind of was a little bit more, uh, like, I don't want to say a hard ass, just more of a tough love approach, like, get your shit together, like, kind of a deal. And I have a feeling that's the one that people let the people who didn't feel better were probably not feeling better about because they probably didn't like the tough love thing, but that was Kenny's thing. And then uh, Khan gave another raw, raw speech. And I assume said something about talking to dirt sheets and on record versus off record based on recent developments. I have to assume that was uh, intentional. I mean, there's, someone did it and i whoever did it is like my favorite person in the locker room unless it's someone i don't like i will instantly walk (laughs) that back um but there's a there's always a whiteboard showing like what's going on and at the bottom there's a thing where it was like what is it like um spoilers lead to releases or (laughs) is something like incredibly vague but like very threatening of just being like, like a snitch, it's like spoilers, <laughs> right? It's like spoilers lose jobs or yeah. something like that. And then they snapped it, and I was like, You're my favorite. 
that is that is some good stuff. That is some punk rock posting. Um, but yeah, I this has been a pretty tightly sealed promotion. And so, like I said, over the last week, there's been so much stuff that's come out. And I literally, I no one looks good right now. Like nobody, except for the handful of people who just aren't in conflict with people. And that's basically like the AEW, I don't want to say originals, but like, I mean, the people who promote the family atmosphere and wanting to do the best that they can are in the right here. And there's a lot of people who are just playing favorites and it's weird. It is it is very, very weird. And from this, we have two more rumors flying about. Um, let's do Thunder Rosa first. That one's a little simple. That one's my favorite. So uh, Because I know, one, I know you are not the biggest Thunder Rosa fan. Correct. And I, I have totally done a 180 on her to the point where I'm like, Ah, uh, I've I've said for a while I wouldn't be shocked if she's gone from the company mm-hmm. sometime soon. And from everything that I've seen, I'm just like, damn, my gut feeling is really good, mm-hmm. really good because she might not be long for this company. No, so there are a few things going on. Uh, first and foremost, she has relinqu. Well, she said relinquish the belts and then kept hammering on the word interim. So I don't. But then Excalibur whatever. said that the four-way was for the women's title. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll, so that will become clearer. Th- we're a week, by the way. We're a week from all out. Yeah. We're a week away we from are a the week biggest away. pay-per-view. Yeah. I, I really wish I was up in Chicago for next week because, what? well, one, Hoffman Estates, which is bogus. They need to switch venues. I get that. Anyway, we can have that conversation later. This next week would be fascinating to be a fly on the wall backstage oh my gosh yeah she's relinquished the title um word is it's some type of a disc injury in her back so i'm assuming like a slip disc or a herniated disc or something like that um if it is that's not the end of the world but they are a pain in the ass and if you don't get them fixed right they can keep coming back and can be very naggy and get and get significantly worse like you you do not want to mess around with them and try and push through it it's not the play there so time off is absolutely the right call um that said uh, my wife's coming home so our guard dog is losing her mind so uh bear with me we can talk (laughs) through this it's impossible to edit out unless we just stay quiet for the next like 10 minutes so we'll just have to <laughs> yeah. blitz through it there are some barking dogs that's all right um barking like a dog there's no way to i don't want to do that line there thunder rose has got heat and i'm not something connected. something i'm not bitch. segueing the two things because it just comes out bad no matter how i try it but good um, man thunder gets a reputation for a being a bit of a full of herself jackass and b working pretty stiff um her and Britt are said to be essentially um, B. Priestley and Sadie Gibbs level sworn enemies, but yes. still open to working each other, like working with each other professionally. So there's that well, part. Do you know the Jamie Hader part and of the story? That is the second part is Jamie Hader. Ooh, and uh, you know, like Jamie Hader is like one of my favorite women wrestlers, like I in the not, world. I do not shut up about Jamie Hader. Oh my like, gosh. I, 
that is one of my biggest pops is when she showed back up in the company. It says waiting and waiting. And when B went to NXT with a like, banger of a theme oh. too, I was just like, I was just please. like, please, please don't go to NXT with B. Please don't go to NXT with B. And literally a week later, she showed up on dynamite. And right. I don't think it's an accident. She showed up right after B went to NXT, but uh, okay. So start, start us off. Thunder Rosa hits B or B. Oh my gosh. Hits hater. With a drop kick from behind. Yeah, yeah drop kick off the top. Take of us the from there. So, haters pissed because I was stiff as hell and like, like she laid into her. We talked that, about it at the time. Yeah, she laid into her on that drop kick, and I mean, make no mistake, hater can handle stiff workers. She wrestled yeah. in stardom for yeah. years. If hater says you're working too stiff, slow the fuck down because that woman bumps like a mad woman, like. She takes the best crossbody bumps in the business. It looks like she's trying to murder herself every time. If she's yeah. telling you you're too stiff, you're too that stiff. That means you're in the wrong. It was, it was like when Brock cold clocked Braun and told him to slow down. Like if Brock, if Brock thinks, oh, you're, yeah, yeah. If Brock thinks you're too stiff, like slow down because you're about to get knocked the fuck out. Which, as the story continues, uh, Thunder Rosa ends up breaking Jamie's nose so, in the yeah. match. So later on, they have a match yeah. against each other, yeah. and Thunder Rosa's still working stiff. And breaks her freaking nose. Breaks her nose. So as the story goes, and as legend beholds, Thunder Rosa is literally hiding in a bathroom, afraid to get the shit kicked out of her from Jamie Hayter. All day. All day. All day. <laughs> yeah. God, I hope that's true, because it's so damn funny. That's the thing that upsets me because it's like, if that part's true, mm-hmm. that's some coward shit mm-hmm. to like go out there and like, that's not cowboy shit. That's coward <laughs> shit. But like we, we talked about it before where it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, there's a difference. Like um, this women's division does need to work stiffer. We like, mm-hmm. that is We've our biggest, that. that's our biggest criticism. But whenever you like almost concuss somebody, and you're working with, and then you get carried away basis. and then break someone's nose. Yeah. And then, and then doesn't like apologize for yeah. it and goes and hides in the back that. Yeah. Yep. So I, so there was a rumor going around that was incredibly believable mm-hmm. that she was actually suspended mm-hmm. and not injured. And whenever I was watching that, um, I was talking to my wife and I'm like, I don't think she's really hurt. She was choked there's, up. There's something about this that's really mm-hmm. weird. It's the timing of it. I don't know if it's because at the time we didn't know any mm-hmm. of this. So it was just like, is the storyline going to be her turning heel? That it's like she uh, relinquished the title because, so she won't lose to Tony Storm? And she was yeah. going to lose to Tony Storm. That was the plan. Title change was happening. That's literally everything that I've been seeing. Yeah. But again, like, AEW is still, despite all of this, very tight-lipped backstage. Oh, yeah. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, so maybe that's part of it, that we do the interim thing with the women's title, and then it comes out that she's not really hurt. That's the heel turn. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was going to be something like mm-hmm. that. But whenever all of this came out, I was like, dude, dude. And speaking of people getting suspended. Mm-hmm. We've got our, I'm not going to say our last bit of drama, but our current last bit of drama for the next 10 minutes until we remember something else. Right. And, until until we hang yeah. up this call and then like something crazy yeah. happens. 
but we've got uh, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. Two were... people I can't stand. So this is going to be a really interesting one for your perspective. Um, yeah. Let's. I'm going to walk you through what uh, what the scenario is and all the information, and then you get to go off because you do not like either of these humans, and it is going to be very entertaining for me to listen to. <laughs> so here is the background. Eddie Kingston calls out Sammy Guevara for a match it all out. That's the plan. Um, the conclusion is the plan was for Sam, for Eddie to go over Sammy at the pay-per-view. Both guys were on board. This has been the plan all along. Uh, Eddie cuts some promos on Sammy. Then Sammy cuts a promo on Eddie Kingston on Rampage, which is a taped show. Very important for this story. Uh, in that promo, Sammy calls Eddie a fat piece of shit. And after the promo and after things go off air, Kingston is livid in the back, screaming at Sammy, you can't call me fat, you can't call me fat. Um, allegedly, the part yeah. that Kingston was pissed about was he thought it made them look like idiots if Eddie went over and was out of shape. I don't know, whatever. Bullshit, bullshit. But Eddie's flipping out on Sammy. Sammy kind of gives him a smirk. And in their words, Eddie pie faces him which I had to look up because all I could picture was a literal uh, pie in the face. And then I found out. It's, I mean, yeah, it's just, basically it, the it's motion. It's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. You just like push someone's face away with your hand. We all know that kind of tough guy. It's who, a, it's a strictly American thing. So is, I, I get okay. why you'd have to it's, look I mean, it up. That is, doing it is that a is, thing everywhere, but yeah, I've never heard that expression before. No, it's it, well, it became a thing because yeah, it's, it's okay. toxic American dudes. But yeah, it is. Yeah, it is that's, just that's the, the posture move. move, right? That's the posture move to, and then people broke him up and um, the rumor is Eddie got more of a suspension than Sammy. Sammy got a week. Eddie got two or three or whatever. Yeah, they, both been, I think it's, they both got, they both got it, but Kingston got a little longer. Um, they have both since spoken to Fightful and both on record, like with their names attached, spoken to Fightful. They spoke directly to Sean Ross Sapp on this. Eddie said, I was wrong. I screwed up basically two sentences he just said yep i screwed up i was wrong like took his punishment he's coming back sammy sent out a monologue and asked to be directly quoted on the monologue i'm not going to read it word for word because it's 10 right. miles long um the first it two lot. it was a lot the first two paragraphs are basically sammy um basically differentiating Sammy Guevara, the person and the character saying there are some things that are off limits. I talked about mine. Eddie didn't do the professional thing and tell me about his. So I said it, then he got mad. If he talked to me, I wouldn't have done that. I don't want to shame anybody, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end drops the, drops the hammer at the end of this and says, this isn't Eddie's first altercation backstage. I heard he had to go get anger management or something like this. This like this should never have happened, but it is what it is. Live and live on or whatever. It closes it off with that. Take her away, because I know you got some stuff to get off your mind on this one. Man, the truth hurts, doesn't it? Oh, man, the truth hurts. It stings. I hate Eddie Kingston. Like, I... I've seen him like legitimately like yell at fans over nothing, like after the show was over and like legitimately like pushing them. Like he's a cool dude. Um, I definitely believe the reports that no one wants to work with Sammy Guevara after <laughs> the American top team mm -hmm. stuff. I believe that full 100%. stop. You look at everything that he's done. He's been totally, just aimless 
Um, and I was thinking about this, you know, whenever we were talking about our all out predictions a couple weeks ago, it obvious that Kingston and Sammy was going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Not now. Nope. <laughs> I think Sammy's hit his ceiling already. Uh, yeah. Could he be AEW champion? Sure. I, I I definitely think that there's a version of him five years from now where, you know, he taps into being like the really hateable heel. I think that's there. But for right now, there's nothing he can do. It's it's all down or lateral. And losing to Eddie Kingston is kind of like whatever. The same can be said for Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. What's his ceiling in this company? I've talked about it before. This dude, like I said, harassed fans. I saw that in person. That was while he was the babyface champ at AAW. He's burned bridges everywhere he's gone. And I know for a fact he's done that several times in AAW up in Chicago because I've heard about it. This dude is a legit problem, and I'm shocked it took this long for him to do something like this. Um, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get the hype. There are people you you'll scroll through you'll scroll through Twitter, and every week that he's on TV, I'll see some someone say like, "Dude, this guy should be the champ." Like, what a story that would be. And I'm like, what? In what universe is this like a top dude in your wrestling promotion unless you're like NWA and he's the best person you can get? I don't really think that he has a fit here in the company unless he's in a tag team with Santana out likely forever. Him and Ortiz is a decent little tag team. You you can do some cool stuff there. But as a singles guy, he's incredibly sloppy. He's totally unpredictable. You you can't get anything out of this guy more than what he decides to give you whenever he shows up. No, you can't rely on him. And the fact that he's been physical with someone backstage, now if if I'm the booker, I'm totally just like, uh, the the ship has passed. We'll we'll reevaluate whenever your contract comes up. But you you can do little walking brawls and do whatever. I don't know. I just if I was backstage, I would have just watched with delight as these two passively tee off on each other. Because I I don't think Eddie's a tough guy. Sammy's definitely not. <laughs> but it's like I I don't know. I. I I legitimately couldn't care less about this, but at the same time, I'm just like, what an indictment of the character of both guys where it's like what you see on screen is basically who they are. And whenever you put two really angry dogs against each other and they fight, ah, who could have saw that happening? (laughs) I think that the one thing I would advise Tony Khan and the vice presidents to like really, really lock down is how much leeway you give people in promos in matches. Like there's no scripts for the promos. You, you have like a rough outline. You've got bullet points, but you don't have the word for word scripting. Maybe it's time to do something a little bit more than just like go out there and figure it out. Just make sure you hit these three things. 
and finish up in two and a half minutes. I, I don't know. Because it's not heading in a good direction. Like I said, all of this hit the fan at one point. Sorry, I, I didn't go like way off the board because I don't want to say anything regrettable because <laughs> I, I, I genuinely despise Eddie Kingston and Sammy. I'm just kind of like, whatever. I mean, it's this awkward period where he's just not going to do anything for several years. He's just going to be a mid card guy until, you know, some of these other people start leaving. Does he leave? Sammy. Mm-hmm. I know you've suggested that before. I don't know if that was on the show or not whenever we were talking about it. I don't think uh, so, no. I don't think it was. But no, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked because that dude has WWE written all over him. Um, however, I, I would love to see, you know, we we reevaluate the pillars of AEW like five years from now and we look at where all of them are at. Is he Is he still the lowest one or is it Jungle Boy? It's it's really hard to tell at this point. Um, it is. It's going to be like who who would you bet on? So the four being I'm Darby. I Sammy's lower. Uh, I mean MJF's the easily MJF's number one unless mile. he leaves. Yeah, and then then Darby, then then Jungle Boy, then Sammy. Um, really, I would put Jungle Boy under I, Sammy, but. But Tony Khan loves I, Jungle Boy. I think there's still a large enough group that Jungle Boy connects with. And I think if he can find a way to evolve past Jungle Boy into Jack Perry, right. then he can grow out of that. Whereas I don't see the path for Sammy to grow out of it right now. I don't know where he goes. Whereas Jungle Boy, there's still, there's still places to go. I mean, if Sammy's solely focused on work and going out there and putting on the best match possible. I think he is far and away the best one out of the four. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not a race, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I don't know. I think him hanging out with Jericho and doing too much of the shtick. It's, it hasn't done him a lot of favors. I mean, look, look at his first program away from all of that. And it was with Scorpio sky. And those are two guys who can go Mm -hmm. Sammy, obviously more, but like, Oh, I don't know. I I wouldn't want to bet money on him staying. But if I'm Tony Khan, I would want to hold on to him. I I believe that Sammy Guevara could be a legitimate, you know, top card person. But it's going to take a long time before we get there. It's going to have to learn to stop talking in public too. Might be time to shut the vlog down if you want to do that. You would think after getting suspended stupid, for your right? yeah, like, you've already gotten popped once before. This is this is Sammy's second suspension. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he asks for a ton of money and Tony mm-hmm. Khan was like, "Have fun with Cody. You guys can figure it out." Bye. I I don't know. That said. If I had a promotion, I would want Sammy on my roster. As much as I like personally think his whole thing is cringe, there's a version of it that works. And I can't say that for Eddie Kingston. So if I had to choose between the two, I'm like, oh, I'll roll the dice with Sammy and uh, wait for his third strike. All right, let's get to Dynamite. 
What a show. Yes. What uh, What did you think? Walk me through some stuff. There's so much. I um, know. Okay. The biggest thing, we might as well just get to mm-hmm. it. Gun versus gun. Mm-hmm. Dude. Punched him in the wiener. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any better than right that. The uh, that. Sorry, that was the only part of Dynamite I was able to watch. Um, <laughs> seriously, though, like whenever I look back at the show, um, Dax versus Lethal is like exactly what that was kind of the match that whenever people talk about uh, how good Raw is or something like that, you're like you've got to check out that match. If this show were on Raw, people would be losing their mind. Oh, yeah, that was a really good match. Um, Dax, I don't know. Dax is a little too choreographed for me, um, which would be fine if he didn't have the reputation of like, oh, no, he's this hard-nosed, old-school guy. And I'm like, ah, he's kind of more of a spot guy than the Bucks at this point. Let's be (laughs) real. Um, and Jay Lethal was is good just as always. Um, Kylan King, let's see, Kip Sabian came back. Hmm. I, th- I think that's it. I think that's it. I, I, I can't think of anything else that happened on the show. No, oh, so can we talk about Kip Sabian and how amazing that was? <laughs> and also, <laughs> I, I popped, I popped hearts. I have been waiting so long for this. I know we both talked about like Kip's a 10 minute guy at best. But, man, full respect to anybody that wears a freaking box on their head for an entire year to try and get over. And, like, it got over. The crowd was into it. They popped uh, no, I've, that reveal. I've been there in person like, with him like they, while he's walking gets, around. Yeah, people love it. So I People know. Like, pre-show, he's, he's walking around taking yeah. pictures. So, for better or worse, he's got his shot now. Like, cards on it's, the table. It's, this is it's, your shot. It's put up or shut up. Yeah, exactly um, what I mean. Like, if he's got it, we're going to know because the gun is loaded for him to run with it. And if he don't got it, it's going to be real clear, real fast. So let's talk about the biggest thing mm-hmm. we've, we've kind of, we've, we've talked about literally everything else um, besides the main event, which we'll say, get to. Still got a we'll stupid get to. good match to cover, but. Oh my gosh. So title unification. Yep. This was supposed to happen at all out kind of last minute after Punk started shooting on people. It's moved up to this week. And so it's like, okay, in Cleveland, Mox versus Punk. Let's unify the titles. A week and a half before All Out, there's got to be something weird. Like, my go-to is, they don't do like DQ finishes or anything like that here, or like weird. So it's like, okay, do they do time limit draw? Does... Uh, punk turn full heel and cheat to win or does someone show up and cost somebody the match those are like the only three outcomes like no one's gonna win this clean because we're gonna have to do this match Mm -hmm. a week and a half from now again i maybe not now because john moxley came out and within three minutes beat cm punk and it was dominant to the point where I, I I was shocked. It even had me. I was like, whoa. Like, my mind is instantly reeling. I'm like, what does this mean? Long term, does this write punk off 
because he was hurt? Does this write Punk off because he was being a prick on live TV? Like, is he legit done? Um, what do we do for All Out? Because since Mox squashed him, if they did this match again at All Out, he would just go right back after that same foot. What are we doing? We're a week and a half out. Like, as a fan, this is mm-hmm. amazing. I absolutely love it. And I can't figure out where to go next. So, uh, so what, what did you think? Because I'm, it totally caught me off guard. I, I had a buddy over, um, actually he's one of my best friends from high school. We're heading to dynamite in Toronto. He's the one coming. Yeah. I was going to touch on that, but I was like, there's a lot to get to. I'll get there when I get there. But, uh, yeah, he and I both like the first, so he started selling the foot and I was like, okay, here's, here's the story for the match. We know where it's going. This is how we get to maybe a draw or some type of a screwy finish or like a medical stoppage or something like that. Mox hits the first death rider and starts pacing around. And I was like, okay, so maybe the story's Mox celebrated too much. And then punk launches the comeback and we get into a longer fight from there. Then then Mox hits a second death rider and, I was, oh shit! And my buddy looks at me. He goes, "He's done. Punk's done. Like he's gone. Like that was his first instinct. Was like he's he's out of here." Um, I'm torn between a couple scenarios. One is, to some extent, they always planned on this. Maybe not this exact match done now but a match where Mox went over in relatively clean fashion because Punk actually isn't healthy yet. Depending on what he did to his foot and depending on the surgery, that the recovery timeline does fit where he would not be 100% yet. There are recovery let's let's tackle that be. one first. Yeah. Let's tackle that one first. Yeah. The room. So one of the first rumors going around was that Punk refused to lose in Chicago. Mm. I don't think that's the case. I think this, they were talking about the result, the room being like for the main event, it's a uh, uh, producer, the participants and yeah. Khan. Tony Khan is very hands-on with the main mm-hmm. events. We know this. Mox was going to win. Mox then proposed to move it up into yeah. Cleveland. So the crowd wouldn't just like totally the lose play, their minds yeah. Because the end of the pay-per-view was a squash. I think it would have been amazing. That would have been stupendous. And I part of me wishes that they did that. But I can't really say that until after All Out and we see what they do. Uh, my guess is Mox is going to have an open challenge of some sort. Maybe whoever wins the ladder match in the pre-show faces Mox in the main event. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> But if he did the open <laughs> challenge in MJF, I, I've been saying MJF at all out for yeah. like since he left. It's either that or Grand Slam. So yeah, continue with what you were saying because we know for a fact that Mox pitched the idea yeah. Mox, and Punk signed off on it. Yeah, Mox pitched it at first. Punk wasn't crazy about it and then he kind of agreed with him over time and every sounds like everybody was on board with this plan and there were no hard feelings with doing it in Cleveland. That sounded all kosher. So we know Punk had some type of a fracture or break or injury in his foot slash ankle. 
we don't know exactly what it was. It's never been said. We know that's the area, and we know he needed surgery. He needs surgery. It's a larger bone, likely something kind of right around the ankle joint that it was would have been knocked a little loopy, so you had to put some bolts in and some plates in to screw it back together. That that recovery timeline, you're looking at... It's brutal. You're looking at six weeks casted, minimum, and you're looking at at least another six weeks uncasted before you're even close to full tilt. I, had a very, I was going to say, and then you're reevaluated. Yeah, I had a minor and... break in my foot, a very minor break that didn't require surgery, and I was six weeks on a boot and crutches with zero weight-bearing, Six more weeks without the boot where all I was allowed to do was walk. And then it was still another two months before I was even close to 100%. Like, that was a five, six-month recovery for a very minor bone. It is entirely plausible, and I'd say even downright likely, that Punk is nowhere near 100% right now. No. And I, I think that's why we are where we are. So, here's my guess. You can't do all out in Chicago without CM Punk. Yeah. That crowd would be rambunctious. And if CM Punk lost in that building like that, people would go crazy and they would hate the end of the show no matter what. Unless someone came back, you do a major yeah. angle, something like that. I think all of this punk stuff has been planned. I think it's been a work the whole time. And I'm going to tell you why. I've come around. I've come around. Punk comes back, gets people interested. Because a lot of people are just like, eh, Punk's gone. We'll Mm -hmm. see when he comes back. You can't just come back as a heel. Like, you can't. Mm -hmm. You've got to lay down the groundwork in some way. And since he's come back, he's been a real dick. And and so I'm like, okay, all right. So now what he can do now, after everyone knows that it's like he shot on Hangman on live TV to start off Dynamite at like the peak of their viewership. He's unpredictable. Now you can have him gone as long as he needs to recover and he can talk mad shit. He can quote unquote leak stuff. I mean, my radar started going crazy whenever Punk did that interview, and he's just like, No, I'm extremely happy in AEW. I feel so creatively fulfilled, and I can do whatever. I'm like, Oh, the full blown heel turn is coming very, very soon. And what better way than CM Punk to show up and just been like, Mox took advantage of me. I was hurt. This is bullshit. And he just starts running people down, running the crowd down. Does the whole like, oh, like the people who were cheering for me, you're even you're the real problem. You can just do that as long as you need to. He can give quote unquote shoot interviews. Like I dude, I fully like come around. I think it started off as a work shoot and now it's a shoot work. Um, we're full blown carny speak at this point. Absolutely. When was the last time wrestling was that much fun and there was that much shit going on? For me, just, never. You can't make heads or tails like. Um, probably whenever the elite were leaving New Japan, like then, and I was just like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" And then this promotion started. Like, I mean, what? Probably Punk walking out with the WWE title in Chicago. 
mean, this this brings me right back to, and there are so many reasons I hated the Attitude Era and so many reasons it ruined wrestling for me. The thing that it didn't ruin and that I loved was all oh, the backstage gossip going around. All the rumors was right well, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was right at the advent of the inter- internet. Ninety nine percent of it was pure and utter bullshit. Like so much of it was made up. But goddamn, was it entertaining? <laughs> right. <laughs> Feels like we're right back there. But uh, so what's like? What is the plan for all out then? Does Punk just not show up at all to feed into it? Like we go that like oh Punk really walked out. He's not in Chicago at all out. Like. I said this last night um, on our, our little discord. This would be the perfect time for punk to have his own shield unit again. You don't have to be like totally obvious and call them the sword or whatever. Like that would be a little cringe, but like this backward sucks in. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, uh... yeah. Anyway, um, I was going to go down a whole thing that we I, we don't have the time. We've already been going. Um, I don't think he's going to be at all out. A punk stable feels right right now, right? Like AEW is fueled by stables. And what better than like Punk's brand new group fighting against the Blackpool Combat Club so we can like get away from the Jericho stuff with them and finally put those two groups aside. And now we've got Punk's group. Unfortunately, I don't have any names for you. I don't I, know who I would do. be perfect. I don't think you're going to. I do. Okay. Uh, who who joins the Punk stable? Um, well, not everybody, but there are... Uh... There's a couple guys from the Pinnacle that really like Mr. Punk. Well, no, the Bret Hart cosplay boys are going to team together. That's that's going to be yeah. But, that's that's pretty obvious. But no, you have Punk take over the Pinnacle while MJF's still gone. See, that seems like the easiest one, though. I know sometimes the easy thing's a good thing. But is Wardlow still in that group? Well, yeah, of course, because right now Punks hasn't completed the turn yet. So Wardlow gets suckered in just like he did with MJF. He thinks he's with the good guy this time. But doesn't that take him away? That takes away the shine of him being like a early run Batista like TNT champion. Oh, like you've, you've got to be really careful with Wardlow right now. Like the last thing you need for him to be is just another guy, you know? Well, that's that's the entire thing is. Punk's going to treat him different than MJF. He's not just another guy. He's a monster. He's not your bodyguard. He's the guy. And then all of a sudden he goes down. I'm, dark don't get me wrong. I'm down for heel Wardlow. Like there's there's a version of this that mm. could work. So it's the first thought that comes to mind because most of the other roundabouts right now are getting swept up with big old Stokely Hathaway. <laughs> oh, you were banking on the ass boys? No, no. I just mean like, I'm trying to think of who's not in <laughs> factions and stokely's taking all of them are you in a faction no come to me <laughs> but no it, it is time for a punk faction for sure and i think it's whoever it i is think coming yeah um as far as the main event of all out if it's going to be hangman and dark order against 
Omega and the Bucks, you can do that as your main event. You're in the building that All In was in. Yeah. You know, like that that makes sense. As far as an opponent for Mox, man, I don't know. I don't know because if whenever MJF comes back, he's going to get a baby face reaction. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Do you roll into that? Do you have MJF as a baby face for a while? Absolutely. Now? I think you do. Right. I think you totally roll into it, especially with because MJF is the first one that called out the XWWE guys and that thing. That is baby face central right now. You can I mean, him that. coming. Yeah. Him coming back and facing Mox isn't the worst idea. No. Could he be? He could be the Joker. For Absolutely. the ladder match, uh, but I I I don't know. I MJF feels too big for a ladder match. He does. Um, there, there's it'd be interesting. They would never do it, but he did a ladder match in MLW and had a scared of heights gimmick where he made his yeah, yeah. ballet climb the fucking ladder for him. I saw was, that. It was so goddamn funny. I laughed. So so really quick, who who could be in the main event? Say uh, my my thought was if we end up doing pack Sabian for the title is there a way within a couple of days we do Osprey versus Mox at I... all out it'd be tough but I mean it would sell you don't really need to build put Osprey in the main event and, like, no you basically sold out the pay-per-view exactly right like you don't need a story to put Osprey in a main event of a pay-per-view just throw them in there and it works so you can totally I think paper it. I think pay-per-view buys are going to die I I think I'm I went from being like, all out will be okay. I, I think a lot of people are going to be like, I don't really need to watch this show. They just gave me the main event on TV. They're playing a really dangerous game unless they do a crazy angle on Dynamite. Yeah. They are li- they have one show because we're not doing that on Rampage. No. Rampage is just Rampage. It's, it's going to be interesting. Baby. By the way, there are a few things I hate more in AEW than the Rampage theme. Rampage, Rampage theme, baby. Eddie Kingston, get the fuck out of here. Um, I'm at a total loss for who it could be in the main event. Uh, Cole Cabana, let's do it. Um, I don't know because I'm I'm trying to think of like who would be big in Chicago, and everyone's already tied up. Mm-hmm. Like we're this close, uh, and there's everyone else is over in Japan unless they do something crazy and pull in Okada off the tour. I don't know. It's wild. It is very wild. Is there a possibility of doing Mox Punk again at All Out? I mean, anything's possible. I mean, it couldn't hurt, right? right. We're going to find out on Wednesday. I've got nothing right now. Said we did also have an absolutely bonkers main event. I was gonna say we didn't even I, get to a I, I already, match of the year contender. I already spoiled Boxman unmasking. We don't have to go over that again. But the match itself was absolutely insane. Before it started, I said this: if if this goes according, yeah. like if this hits its potential, this is a match of the year contender. And, it and it's did. like I finally got all of these guys in the same ring, yeah. like. People who aren't familiar with Aussie Open, like, dude, these mm-hmm. guys are legit. They are the real deal. Um, 
So yeah, I want a straight up tag match between them and the Lucha Bros, and yeah. I want Pac versus Osprey. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we get both of the pay per view because mm-hmm. there's a couple matches off the table now. Yeah. So who knows? And uh, the current rumor I'm hearing is potentially Kenny versus Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, which would be well. We'll get to we'll get to yeah, that whenever we we'll talk about that, New Japan but, in a second. Yeah, that's uh, that match was so stupidly. If you, I mean. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen the match and you know how good it was. But if somehow you happened and you hate AEW, like the insane thing about the trios tournament, especially that like left side of the bracket, as amazing as this match is, next week we get United Empire versus Omega and the Bucks, which could be better, Mm -hmm. like easily could be Mm -hmm. better. Because Pac is a guy who doesn't turn on the Jets a good amount of the time, let's be honest. And Pentagon has been phoning it in for the last, like, five years. And Phoenix is the only one who goes out there, like, <laughs> like he's lit on fire, and he's constantly hurt because of it. Um, yeah, there is a version of... The ashes. Right. There's a version of this trios match this week that is... Oh, my gosh. Dude, I'm so psyched. I'm so psyched! All what right. an episode of Dynamite. So, before we get to the G1, I'm going to touch on this one quickly because there's not much to say about it. Just, it exists and there's one rumor. Um, so, there is an IWGP Women's World title coming. Yes. It is slightly different. There are still, Stardom is still going to have their Stardom titles, which, quite frankly, I can't keep track of because uh, they're differentiated it's by freaking yeah. color. Like, how do I know which one the main one is? Which is kind of cool. It's, yeah. it's just it's cool, except they don't speak Japanese and they don't do English commentary, so I don't know what the fuck's going right. on. But, point is, it's slightly different than the Stardom titles. It will be Stardom wrestlers primarily, because it's Bushi Road, Stardom, New Japan, both owned by the same parent company. But the purpose of this title is to be defended in Stardom in Japan and in the American New Japan shows. That's the big part, is New Japan America is one of the primary places this, uh, this IWGP women's title is going to be defended. There is a small, like, seven-woman tournament that is going to conclude at I forget which flipping event. And Stardom, it's like very soon. It is very soon. And Stardom Guy Rossi teased a. This is where things get lost in translation, and we don't know how much to read into this because he teased like an insanely famous person coming to start an insanely famous American female wrestler coming to Stardom for this tournament which leads all eyes to Sasha Banks slash Mercedes. That's the obvious person to think of, but it's a Japanese to English translation. He might have just said, hey, there's a really good Joshi, like really good Gaijin coming in. Like, who knows, right? We don't know what it really translates to, but that is the big rumor. Regardless, the women's title for IWGP is coming. We will probably see it defended at Wrestle Kingdom as well. And that's that's all we know about it because we know zero participants right now. I am so proud of you hmm. for one, not messing, not mentioning Tessa Blanchard <laughs> and two picking on, picking up on the fact that if we put Sasha Banks's name in the title of this episode and we end up talking about her, that we will get more listeners. <laughs> I am so proud of you. This is like proud dad, moment, <laughs> uh, proud co-host over here. Um, 
yeah, I don't I don't see anything wrong with this because um honestly, I I, I kind of like the fact that New Japan never shoehorned in a women's division because they didn't need to. No, it's, um, it's that's they just, just the felt like in Japan too. Like if they were going to do happen. it, yeah, they didn't want to just like have one just to yeah. have one. <clears throat> AEW. <clears throat> I think this will be fine. I, th- I think it'll be good. And honestly, if it gets more Joshi working and it, my big hope with this is that they continue to work a, like a hard hitting style. And that becomes like everyone's eyes open and they're mm-hmm. like, we're doing this in the States now. Yeah. And that just makes everyone elevate yeah. their game because if they start, if new Japan and stardom starts doing that, AEW will start doing mm-hmm. that almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And whenever they start doing it and people are like, whoa, AEW's women's division is actually really good. That might translate over to WWE. Yep, 100%. And and not not like legitimate hard hitting because you wouldn't be able to tell with the camera cuts. But it, I, I think it's something that could it raise the ships. Absolutely. I had another closing thought there and I think it may have left me. That's all right. Anyways, Okada wins the G1. I got to start off by saying this was the worst G1 I've ever seen. Ever. There, I think I got halfway through it and I just started skipping matches completely. I was just like, because from the start, I didn't watch any of the undercard tags. So I was just like, yeah, that'll be whatever. Dude. I was just, you look at that roster. And there's so many people half-assing it. And it's just like, how can you guys be this comfortable when there are a dozen young lions, when there are a dozen people in AEW who want to come over and do the G1? How can you go out there and do literally nothing? I I was totally baffled. And it, eventually I just got really mad because I was like, oh, Juice Robinson reinvented himself. It'll be good. Same habits. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I hate New Japan's roster. <laughs> Honestly, I I I really wish that there was like some co- some sort of like giant Japanese draft where like all of the promotions kind of got put into a pool and then New Japan could just start from scratch because this current roster sucks. It's so bad. I canceled my new J- my New Japan subscription. I actually have like, had one for a long I time just, now. <laughs> I I couldn't do it. I, I literally was just like, I, I'm not going to watch again until Wrestle Kingdom. And it's not even September yet. So, uh, But yeah, Okada wins! On the very brief topic, it's a one-liner and we move on. Um, Takeshita did come out and say he wants to make his living in America. So sooner rather than later, uh, DDT, Noah, no more, AEW full-time. We know what's coming. Because he pretty yep. much flat out I, said it. I had, my, my gut feeling was his uh, spotlight show mm-hmm. was probably going to be the final show. Yeah. Um, and so whenever he came out and said that, I was like, Oh yeah, uh, I, I get that. So if you're, if you can find anyone in Vegas to take this bet to wrestler of the year, 2023, it's on the mm-hmm. table. Ooh, I mean, he's there. in the conversation for this mm-hmm. year. Screw it. So who knows? versus Moxley at the pay-per-view, bring him back over. I mean, listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen is there a way okay back to the topic before we yeah. wrap up the g1 new japan stuff is there a way that they just do like 
a Blackpool Combat Club Invitational and do a triple, sorry, a triangle th- a match between Mox, Yuta, and Claudio. That would be so awesome. <laughs> With that. none of the titles on the line. Yeah. It's just like, just they're like, we fun. don't care. Yeah. Don't and none of them even come out with the belts. They're yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Regal's sitting at the table and he's got all of them in front of him. And it's just these do there's worse ways to go. Oh yeah. Anyway, um as far as matches to recommend, uh, if you're interested in New Japan, despite us just saying how bad it sucks, um the semifinal matches were some of them were really good, a couple of them were fine. Okada Tamatanga was better than I, we we talked yeah. about it last week. Yep. Um, I would definitely watch the semifinals and then watch the finals because that Okada Osprey match Ooh. I like it more than their Wrestle Kingdom match, Absolutely. and I had that as a perfect five. Yeah. It so it's probably my new match of the year, <laughs> and I think that this one match, let alone the trios match, let alone the match in Rev Pro. I think this solidified Will Ospreay as wrestler of the year. Yeah. And he's not done. His yet. his match against Okada was just like it was perfect storytelling. It, yeah. It's why it's why I fell in love with New Japan wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh that strong style and just the the way that they tell stories there. It takes literally years to get there because Gato is one of the slowest bookers <laughs> I've ever seen in wrestling. Um I think in the modern era he is by a mile yeah i can't i can't say enough good things about okada osprey and i just want both of them to be in america like full stop i'm tony khan i'm a billionaire i'm bringing both guys in like uh you can keep your naitos Mm -hmm. you can keep your uh, sonatas do whatever you're gonna do with the young lions It, it doesn't matter I, I I would literally at the risk of burning that bridge, mm-hmm. I would just go after both of them <laughs> and give them deals they couldn't refuse. Just get them away from New Japan at this point. Like hey, seriously, I'm I'm really sick of watching New Japan. I can't remember if it's 2023 or 24 that Osprey's contract expires there. I remember he signed a five year deal. I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019 though. I remember that Jay White, it said that he, like, uh, oh, the Jay report White was he signed, like, a seven-year deal. Yeah. Um, I feel Osprey, like that deal Osprey gets longer. Osprey came out and said five. Like, yeah. Osprey was public about it and announced his five-year deal. I just can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019. That indicates when it's going to run out, so. Dude, what a week. We didn't even touch on the West Coast Pro Tournament. I haven't even had time um, to finish it yet. There's been too much going on. It's good. Up with all the crazy. Um, it's I, I good. Liked what I, I saw so far. I'm going to be totally honest. I did skip around. There were some matches where I was just like, yeah. eh, this isn't really doing anything. It's the usual suspects of people in West Coast Pro that yeah. I'm not the hugest fan of. The winner of the title match, very predictable. The winner of the tournament, very predictable. It's pretty obvious where we're gonna where we're yeah. going and who they're building around. It's not wrong. It's it the obvious thing isn't always wrong. I liked it a lot, and I'm I'm excited to see where West Coast Pro goes from here. And by the way, do you know the 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 final match of the tournament? Not yet, no. 
you can guess what the final match of the tournament's going to be. Um, yeah, if you if you pay attention to their booking, you'll you'll see it coming. Um, uh, conglomerate against conglomerate, right? That's the that's the ending. Dude, I was watching it, and whenever all three dudes <laughs> lost in the first round, I was just like, "Oh man, could you imagine like a professional wrestling company, like Major League one, where like the only black group in the company all lose in the first round?" And like how bad that would look like. Imagine if WWE did a tournament where they're just like <laughs> all the New Day lost, <laughs> and like everyone black lost in the first round. <laughs> Duh. Guys, I did like the luchadors that they brought in. Um, the some of them were really good. Uh, a lot of them are unpolished. You're gonna get that. Um, but yeah, I liked it. It was it was a wrestling tournament. It's good. Tournaments are fun. It's yeah, it's good. Um. Anything else you want to touch on before we go? I'm exhausted. That was a big week. I'm yeah. tired. Like we almost went the, three full phone calls. Yeah, we and, could easily do it. And I uh, was going to say, in the disc golf world, there's been gossip a foot and drama the past month too. <gasps> it, it's man, I was wondering when the, I was wondering when steroids would catch up to you guys. Yeah, I. Mean, it happened. <laughs> and though one of the incidents did feel very wrestling, right? Like, like you're wondering, is this a shooter or work? Like, what's going on yeah. here? <laughs> well, I will ask the burning question that everyone's been dying to know. Mitch, have you watched the Scream 5? I still haven't. That's the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. This is the Bingo Hall Boys Podcast. Bye. <laughs>